I want to I want to pick up from where we left off a couple of Sundays ago. It, it seems like uh, we had Father's Day message in there. You may be seated. We had just finished up First Peter, and you know First Peter is uh, he ended up with a, some really good advice for us when it came down to carrying the the load, carrying bearing the burden, I guess, of, of life. Yeah, let me read just a couple of verses, then we'll get into the second, second uh, letter of Peter's writings. In the last very few verses of the first chapter, or first Peter rather, chapter five, he talked about this verse six, this this attitude of humility. Humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. Humility is that which God looks and says, I can bless that man or that woman. Because they, they're not doing it in their own strength. They're looking to me. That's humility. And then this good word comes right after verse 6, casting all your anxiety. How many know in this life there's anxieties? Eh? Anxieties come simply because we, we live in a fallen world. Heaven will not have anxiety. Praise the Lord, I ought to hear an amen out of that one. Anxiety weighs the heart down, Proverbs says. But a good word lifts it up. I guarantee if you only listen to the news, you will be filled with anxiety. If you only listen to the media, your heart will begin to get filled and overflowing with anxiety. There's not very much good news. But there's good news in the Word of God. Because Jesus Christ came to save us, to keep us, and to prepare a place that the day will come when he calls us to be home with him forever and forever. Until then, we will face trial. We will be tested. We will at times find ourselves maybe being overwhelmed. But that's the natural. But though we have to depend upon the supernatural. Getting a little bit of ring here. Just a little bit. You're okay. We'll get it right. Thank you, Austin. Doing a great job with the sound, and a lot of other things. Yeah. Hey. Yes. Yes. Because he cares for you, God does not want us to be bound under a heavy load of cares in this life. What does that picture look like? I wish I had a little, a little uh, picture I could show you. I never thought of it till now. But there's, a, there's this picture, this image that comes to my mind. You ever notice in other third world countries they carry a lot of things on their back or their head? And it's just kind of a weight. There's a load. Well, Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Why? How can that happen? Because I take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke. My yoke is my, my heart. In you, me and you, Jesus in you becomes yoked. You become one with Jesus. Now you're not carrying that weight anymore. But if you're like me, you take it, put it 
on and you take it off and you pick it up, you put it back. You, you, it's the nature, the, the humanity in us. And I had to remind myself, I don't have, I, I can't carry all the cares. But I know one who can. You see, I can get anxious about what my children are up to. Remember Job, the story of Job we touched on last Sunday. He was concerned about his children, so he would, he, in case they sinned, he went out and he, he made sacrifice, he prayed to God, he interceded for his family. It was a good thing to do. But all of our children are going to make their own choices. But we need to support them and believe God that they're going to make the right choices. Maybe you have a loved one. You don't know how you're going to... How are, they going to, how are they going to change? How are they going to get reached? But you're praying, that you're believing, that you're, you're taking it to Jesus. And then I just, I just want to conclude this, this letter, 1 Peter, with one more statement, verse 12. And I just take the last little section. After he said these things, after I've written to you briefly, exhorting, testifying that this is the true grace of God, stand, the explanation, stand firm in it. And that's the message I want to try to present to you today, that we are standing firm. No matter what the world may be trying to put toward us, Amen? No matter what the devil may try to put toward you, tempt you, we will not bow. Even as a Daniel. Emily mentioned Daniel a few weeks in her message. How Daniel kept on praying even in spite of the consequences that he faced. The lion's den, but God delivered him. Listen, I believe that I'm sensing in my spirit as, as we, we are living in the days that we're living, we need to prepare ourselves more, be strong in the Lord. We're going to face, I believe, I'm sensing we could face, you know, COVID was kind of a rough year. Who knows what lies ahead? Only the hope is in God, of course. Our hope is in God. If anything good's going to happen, it's because of God. But as a church, I believe that the church ought to become stronger because he's preparing us for the days that could come on us. I don't know about you, but I'm just sensing I need to guard my heart. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just being totally honest. The devil is a schemer, and he's a deceiver. And if he could deceive even some of the believers, oh, then he's jumping up and down for glory and hooray. But listen... Peter goes on into the next chapter, the next book he writes, and he begins to describe here a process or a kind of a, almost like a one thing leads to another. And I'm just going to start in probably right there at verse uh, 1 there. Let's read it. Simon Peter, a bondservant, apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours. I like how he's wording that as the same kind of faith there are other religions in the world. We know that. There are other belief systems in the world. But there is only one true God, as the Scripture speaks towards. 
And there's only one way to be saved, and that's through Jesus. Lest we be deceived. He says these words, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Seeing that his divine power is granted to us everything pertaining to life, godliness, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. A lot of words here. A lot to take in. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises in order that you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. That whole phrase, reading that, partakers of the divine nature. God is divine. God is the only God. God is the holy God. Divine meaning he, is, he can only be who he is. We partake of his divinity when we accept Jesus into our heart. We become his son or his daughter. We become joint heirs with Jesus. Now, this very reason, also applying all diligence, I said there was a lot of words there, but you're just going to keep up with me a little bit. It is applying all diligence in your faith, supply more than sin in your moral excellence, knowledge, your knowledge, self-control, and your self-control, perseverance, and your perseverance, godliness. And your godliness, brotherly kindness, and your brotherly kindness, love. It's just like he just, boom, boom, boom. He's laying out what is a description of the church. What he's laying and describing out, describing here is the people of God who are walking with Jesus. He's, he's encouraging them to keep up the faith. And just in a few moments, we're going to read a verse that Peter is realizing that this life, his life is going to end. What Peter is going to come up to is, 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 is to encourage his people to continue on. I think for any parent that has walked with Jesus, it is in their heart that their children and their children's children will walk with Jesus too. That would be probably my, well, one of my final words I would say to my family. I would say this, something like this, keep serving the Lord. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep going for it. Keep running the race. Stay strong. Guard your heart. Obey the Lord. It's better to obey the Lord than to not obey the Lord and suffer consequences. Even in the offering, when King Saul thought he was trying to, he was impatient because the prophet wasn't coming. King Saul, remember him, the big guy, the tall guy, the God had chosen for a season to be the king. Saul took things into his own hands. Well, the prophet's not coming. We see these animals. Let's get the business here. Let's take these things to the Lord. And God saw what he was doing was not right because he was in an improper place to do what he was doing. And here we have those words that came 
Obedience is better than sacrifice. And so what, what a challenge to you and I today. No matter what the world is saying to us that is okay and acceptable, what is God saying to you and I that continues to be the standard that he upholds? We have to stay within the scripture. We have to stay in the bound. We have to keep his word. And these things, he says, back up to verse 8, these qualities are yours. What are the qualities? Moral excellence, self-control, a few of them mentioned here, perseverance, perseverance. How many had to persevere last year? Yeah, I'm sure. In so many ways, we had to persevere. I remember the first Sunday after this COVID thing hit, and I said, well, look, it was Austin, myself, and my wife, and maybe a, maybe a couple other people. I was like, whoa. I remember when some of my siblings used to pretend they were having church. Remember that, Linda? I don't know, Larry, you remember that? One of them would be the preacher, one of them, you know, some of them had to be the congregation, and they would practice in the living room. Remember that? I think it was just kind of like, well, it's kind of fun. But we do what we see. We, 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 we copy, we, we learn from other people. We learn how to pray, we learn how to you know, very many skills that we can attain in this life, but it's great to have a mentor. And so the church today, part of its job is to mentor young people. Love on them. Encourage them. Right now I'm having great fun with the worship team. This is just I'm going to be lost when you guys go back to college or go on to school this fall. I'm just going to be like, oh, my goodness. Well, enjoy you while you're here. But they're doing it. They're going out. God has plans for this generation. He is faithful to every generation. We sang that a little bit in that blessing song. We're going to sing it at the end again, but that song is our our children and their children and their children. God is faithful to the end. So what Peter is getting to, my end is drawing near when we read this. Verse 12, let me read, Therefore I shall always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. See, we already know this stuff. So many of us already know the Lord is coming back. We already know that we are saved by grace. We already know, but isn't it good sometimes to remind yourself that we are saved by grace? When the devil is saying, well, you are not worth very much. You're not doing very good. You know, he'll do that. But we have to remind ourselves, I have been bought with a price. I'm not my own. I belong to Jesus. But Peter is thinking about his end. My dad, who lived to be 97, served the Lord, loved the Lord. Even from his young, young boyhood, young manhood. He said one time to me, he says, all things come to an end. What he's saying is this life 
all things in this life come to an end. But the hope is this. All things start anew in the life in Jesus. All things are going to be new in the kingdom of God. And so I consider it right as as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, verse 13, to stir you up by way of reminder. In other words, we need to be reminded from time to time. I know I do. I'm finding as the older I get, I need to remind myself. I need to somehow write things down or somehow jog my memory. Are you there yet? Don't worry, you'll get there. We have to remind ourselves. What is, the, what, is the, what is their schedule? What is the deal? What's going on this week? What, what, if we, what if we reminded ourselves in the Word, you know, this is, the, this is the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. What is the main thing? God is who He is, will always be who He is, and He meant what He said, and He meant what He said when He said these words, Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your strength. You know, this whole list of all this self-control and all these words we read, perseverance, it's summed up. Love the Lord God with all your heart. I can memorize and have a lot of big words, but if they're not God's words, it's not God the Holy Spirit, then it doesn't change me. But if God the Holy Spirit brings brings something to my remembrance, then I become quickened or changed. I become confident, assured, all of a sudden, the anxiety that I had falls away. And exactly what happened in these next few verses that we read. Remember when Jesus took the disciples to the mountain? It's recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 17, 1 through 8. And you remember how Jesus appeared. What does it mean? Well, he showed himself. His face became like the sun. His garments became brilliant, white. And the glory of the Lord. And the cloud came over them. And the voice of God said, This is my son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to. One of the disciples says, Oh, let's build a tabernacle here. Let's camp. Let's dwell here forever. I thank God for the mountaintop experiences. If you've ever had a mountaintop experience, you thank God for that. I could take a lot more. I like mountaintop experiences. I like it when I feel up. I like it when I know that he's Leading, I know that I've heard his voice. I like that, but there's days when I don't know if I've heard the voice of the Lord for sure. And I've come to realize this. There's only going to be 
a few mountaintop experiences, but most of the work happens in the valley. The valley. You have to come down off the mountain and work in the trenches because God loves people that are in the marketplaces. But see, having a mountaintop experience makes you overflow and makes you even more compassionate for people. It ought to, whenever you get close to God, you take out his heart, and all of a sudden you find yourself feeling, uh, feeling like, I need to help someone. Where's the, where's the need? Where's the shovel? Let me dig the hole. Does this make sense? The mountaintop is grand, but we can't stay on the mountain. Because people are in the valley that need to be rescued. There are people that we pass by that need to sense the love of God. Let me share a simple little testimony of a friend. Some of you would know this person if I mentioned his name. A great man of God. He was just describing how he was, he was at a place in a certain community, he was looking at a piece of, a, actually it was a four-wheeler. He was considering to buy that. And uh, the man said to him, I don't know about you guys, there's something different about you guys. But he was sensing that there was something different. There was a spirit of the Lord that he was sensing. And when he sensed that, he, I think he, what he meant was that how do I get that? And so my friend says, I'm going to go back just to, just to be a witness. You see how it works? If you are just faithful to God and you just walk with God, God opens the doors. I don't know about you, but what really matters in this life is not, not what I can gain, but what, what is it that the Lord wants? What about his kingdom? It's not my kingdom, it's his kingdom. It's not what I can do, but what he wants to do through. How many know your job is more than just a job if you have the Lord working in your life? Your job is more, you're not just there to earn the wage, you're there to bless. How many have ever heard of bringing the blessing into the marketplace? that that business will actually begin to blossom, actually can begin to prosper more because you carry the favor of God in your life. And God, even like a Joseph who was sold into slavery, he became a blessing because he, re he resided, he trusted, even though he was tested and left in the prison. And of course, the, the person said, I'll, I'll let him know. Nah, he forgot about it. We will have our testing moments. We will have our days and moments. The Peter reflects on the mountain. As we read these verses, but we did not, verse 16 of first chapter, second, we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known 
Peter, what he's saying, I didn't make this up. I'm not making this up. I experienced this. I'm an eyewitness. We received honor and glory, verse 17, from God the Father. He received, Jesus received glory and honor. By the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. We, are, we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. I think there are some moments in life where maybe, maybe you've witnessed a miracle, maybe you've witnessed a healing, maybe you've witnessed a, a, a supernatural way of, of being you could have been killed in a moment. But you witnessed the hand of the power of God. In some way, you've, you've recognized that that was God. I don't know about you, but I think all of us would agree that the Lord goes with you when you leave for the job of Monday, or if you're retired, you go whatever you do. He loves retired folks, too. Everybody's got a purpose. So Peter is reminding us to stay strong. We've got to keep reminding ourselves of what he said. And what he said he's going to do. And the surest way to stay strong, one of the surest ways is to stay in his word. Have a regular reading time. Maybe you're on the run a lot. You can take five minutes. Start with five minutes. Start with something. And just take that verse or two and, and run with it. Meditate on it. Then verse 20 confirms that this written word that we have today was not made up by man, it was actually the man was just the instrument. We read these verses, these couple of verses. First of all, no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. That's what's going to change hearts. God speaking from the Holy Spirit. That's what's going to bring conviction. Why people? Why are people not so? You know, why doesn't why does sin doesn't seem to phase certain people? Well, you can come to a place where you become callous and careless, and you become not as tender. You just kind of brush it off. But what Jesus does is he has a better way for us to live. He doesn't come to condemn us, but to save us from destroying ourselves. He wants us to live with him forever. And so we come down to these few thoughts today. It's not always the mountains. I love the mountaintop experience. I love to be up and strong, but there will be days when you feel that there is the whole world may be coming down on you, you maybe feel overwhelmed, but I'm here to say, or at least to remind you, that Peter said, if you will cast all your cares upon him, he, he will care for you, he will deliver you, 
He will lift you up. He will bring you to a place where you can have peace as the group comes back and begin to prepare to sing that song again called the blessing. Our goal in this life is to defend the faith. Keep the faith. Stand up. Stand firm in it. We have nothing to be ashamed of. We don't always have to be saying something, although there are times when we need to speak up, but many times our just by standing and living our life and demonstrating to people around, this is the way to walk, as Paul himself said, follow me as I follow Christ. When Jesus was on the earth, he was tested by Satan. He was fasting, and you know the story probably. He was fasting, but there was Satan waited to the very end of his fast. Well, probably Jesus was very hungry. And Satan said, if you're, if you're God, why don't you just make these rocks and bread? He could have done that. But while doing that, he would have, he would have been yielding to Satan. Resist the devil. Every time the devil came to to Jesus, Jesus said, it is written. It is written. It is written. And so if the enemy has been putting condemnation on you, you need to remind yourself, remind the enemy that it is written. I am a child of the king. I have been bought with a price. I belong to you, Lord. And if we keep confessing Jesus as Lord, I think it's a good thing. Jesus, be Lord of my heart, my mind, my body. Be Lord over my business. Be Lord over my church. Be Lord. You are in control. Our future. future. We can only see Jesus for a glimpse. We'll never be the same.